This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, inspirational stories, or announcements, please write us at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Speaking of announcements, aviationcareerspodcast.com, you can find the scholarships guide, career coaching, and various courses online. Don't forget you can use the coupon code PAYITFORWARD, PAYITFORWARD, all one word, through the generosity of others, you may receive the scholarships guide for free. You know, if you want to make a difference in someone's life by giving away a free scholarships guide, please visit Pay It Forward tab and listen to the short video and how you can help someone achieve their goals. For as little as $10, you can make a huge impact in someone's life by purchasing a year access to the scholarships guide online. Oh, and the new Scholarships Guide for June is coming out soon. It'll be released and includes 25 new scholarships and many updates. Uh, Click on the Scholarships tab at aviationcareerspodcast.com to find out more. Oh, and by the way, talking about those uh, folks that have contributed, one of the things that we've been doing on the Pay It Forward page is at the bottom, we're mentioning the folks that have contributed. If they want to be anonymous, they can say they're anonymous and make that contribution uh, in memory of a person or in support of some organization like we have Pilots and Paws. Uh, Someone donated money there in support of Pilots and Paws. So um, again, you're paying it forward. You're buying a scholarships guide. Remember, if you uh, buy 50 or uh, $50 worth, we're going to throw one in for free. So in in other words, you're getting six scholarships guides that are going to be actually given out. Oh, and man, I tell you, The generosity, folks, is incredible. The scholarships, guys, that people have purchased with the Pay It Forward, I think I'm looking at it today. We just had a couple more come in, but they go immediately. Uh, This scholarships guide is really, really helping a lot of people because what we've done that's a little bit different than most is we actually are vetting some of the scholarships. We don't put all the scholarships in there that are on the Internet. Uh, We want to make sure these are solid organizations, so we do a little more research than most, and also we keep them updated. If you see something in there that needs updating, of course, uh, send it to feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Anyway, on with the show. Today in this episode, I want to discuss a few things. One of the things that I I do is, uh, you know, we have, um, you know, on the jump seat or in the cockpit, we have a lot of discussions about careers because many of the people where I work know the fact that I'm into this whole scholarship thing and I help out with the college and very much interested in careers in aviation. So the topic comes up quite often and uh, people will say something along the lines of, you know, why would someone choose XYZ airline? Uh, we'll have someone in the jump seat say, hey, I would never tell anybody to come to my airline. Well, that's not a good thing because, first of all, maybe you should think about a different airline to work for if you are there, but you may not be able to, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, but there are many reasons that people choose a specific airline. 
So uh, a lot of folks will, from their perspective, try to give you advice and say to you when they're saying that, you know, you don't want to go to XYZ airline because that's not the place you want to be. You want to go to a different airline. Well, don't let anybody tell you what to do. You do what's best for yourself. If you're the type of person that lives in a city where there's a huge hub for an airline and you don't want to commute, It's not the perfect airline, but it's right near home. You might want to think about that. People are choosing lifestyle lately. That's another thing I've noticed is that, you know, back in the day, you know, when I got hired, you didn't choose where you went. You just went. I mean, because there was hardly any hiring. Now that there's uh, this big shortage of, of qualified pilots out there, people can choose the base. They can choose the place they want to live, where they want to commute. Commuting policies are getting better. So now we're, we're going a little bit in the other direction again. We're going towards the direction of, yeah, people are commuting because they're not as worried about it. But people want to spend more time at home. And uh, I find that that's what most people are doing. They're choosing not to commute. Now, with all that said, Said. If you're going to live in a wonderful island environment, you're going to want to commute because uh, I, I remember when I was down in the Bahamas, I would actually commute 12 hours uh, just get to get back to uh, New York. And that sounds kind of weird because, you know, people are thinking, well, that's not that far away. Well, I lived on a little remote island, so I had to get uh, in a boat, go over to the main island, get a taxi, go to the airport, get a flight to another big airport, then take a big plane up to New York. So that whole process normally would be 12 hours. Is it worth it? It's worth it to a lot of people. I mean, I did the same thing out West. So one of the things you have to remember is we choose airlines for a specific reason. Maybe it's because of the type of flying that airline does. Maybe it's because of the pay and the benefits. There's many reasons we choose an airline. Uh, but just remember that the other thing too is uh, pay and benefits. Uh, one of the things uh, I think we talked about, I think it was, uh, well, anyway, I can't remember what flight it was, but we were discussing pay and benefits, and um, had, I was flying with a, a pilot that actually is uh, getting some overtime. And uh, one of the things we discussed that's much different, say, at the majors, when you're talking about pay and benefits, is that the majors actually give you money and put it into your 401k without you contributing anything, zero, that's it. So for instance, if you were actually to maybe make an extra $1,000, say on a trip, that $1,000 equates to even more than that because they're placing, say it's, I don't know, 15%. That's 150 bucks in your in your 401k. So it's 1150 is really what you're making. Obviously, you can't pay your bills with the, the, the 150 they put in your 401k, but someday you will. So remember, there's an important thing about, again, choosing an airline. It's also pay and benefits. Uh, not that that's the biggest thing, but boy, those benefits of uh, two, two of the biggest, uh, the 401k, retirement because you know there's no more pensions so you're going to get this 401k not that there's no more but there's there's very 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 rare and also you got to look at insurance and by insurance i mean not just health insurance but also look at insurance like if you lose your license that type of thing another reason a lot of folks don't uh, choose the regionals to stay at is the fact that many of the majors have much better insurance so if you lose your license uh, for example, 65 is retirement age and you're age 50 and you lose your license and you're at a major. You are going to get paid on, if you have the insurance and you take the insurance all the way up to the point where you're 65. So you can actually go out, maybe do something else, do like I do the career coaching, et cetera, while you're getting a disability check, that type of thing. So uh, one of the things uh, I see every so often is, is that people are on disability with airlines. 
what do they do? They go to work over at uh, you know the uh, universities, and they go to different flight schools, etc. Thing you got to watch out for is that you know if it's if it's your same career field, and you're able to do that, you can get off a of disability, which is one of the things I know a lot of the companies that are paying they're trying to do. Maybe go into a different career field, etc. So uh, the thing with the the pilot job is that because the salary is so high, it's very hard to replace that type of income. Uh, so that that's really important to look at pay and benefits going back to the reason for that discussion. Also, I uh, talked about this before. Why do people not ch- not leave an airline? And one of the biggest things, and it's sometimes hard to understand this, is the seniority system. And you must choose your airline wisely. So this came up again, going back to that discussion in the cockpit. We were discussing, you know, why an individual that we're talking to wouldn't leave the airline that they're at right now and they don't like that airline. So why wouldn't you leave? Well, here, here's a good reason. The person had more than 15 years at that airline was getting rather senior, uh, upgraded to captain, was making really good money. So if that person left and went to another airline, they have to start all over again. This is totally different. For those of you people that are new to the industry, this is totally different than anything else out there. I know in the corporate world that's different. If you're flying corporate, then you can. You can change jobs. You can move over to another job and actually make more money. But this isn't true with the airlines. So this is one of the downsides of that whole seniority system uh, is that it's set up so that when you start, you start at the bottom no matter where you are. So you could have you know, 25,000 hours of flight experience and you move into an airline, you're going to get paid just as much as the person that has 1,500 hours. So it's not based on your experience. It's based on longevity with the airline and it's based on your seniority, what type of paycheck you're going to get. Everybody starts year one the same pay. Uh, So that's why nobody moves. That's why it's important, again, going back to choosing your airline, you're going to stay, especially a lot of times there's like this three to five-year mark I see where a lot of folks, once they hit the five-year mark, they're not going anywhere, although I have seen people jump ship after 10 years even, but that's normally the case. So again, you know, make sure you choose an airline wisely, especially because of seniority pay and benefits and also your lifestyle. So this is the kind of conversations I love having with those. And thank you to uh, the, the folks that are in the cockpit with me uh, or when I'm jump seeing another airline and discussing the different uh, reasons and the ways that they actually enter the cockpit. Uh, and, and I like to share this, too, because <clears throat> people ask me. How do people get to the airlines? Now, you got to remember, I fly with a lot of super senior pilots. So the majority of the pilots I fly with are ex-military uh, fighter pilots, et cetera. So, um, but that's changing. So, and, and we're moving more towards a civilian hiring than the military. Remember, in the past, it was primarily military. Now it's changing more to civilians. So, uh, so you'll see you know, people coming from the civilian world more meaning that they're going and becoming flight instructors and moving on to a regional airline, et cetera. Uh, so some interesting discussions there, and hopefully that's uh, those discussions that I have with some of these pilots, and I ask them, hey, do you mind if I share this conversation? Obviously, I'm not going to talk about them individually uh, during my show, and and usually they're more than open. I mean, they've got a lot of experience. Gosh, the last guy I flew with, he, was, uh, he flew for a cargo airline, flew for a legacy airline, uh, another major, uh, was a fighter pilot, flew many different fighters, you know, uh, F-16s, F-18s, uh, Tomcats, F-14s. It was a pretty interesting individual to talk to and hit somebody who really did like his job, which was cool. Uh, and it's nice to actually fly with people like that. That's, uh, that's really important. No matter, uh, that's another thing I think that we get caught up in, especially on the forums, is, you know, we're pilots, we complain about things all the time. It's just the way it is. Uh, but when you 
when you come down to it, the actual job itself is really cool. The part that I think people get frustrated with is is maybe management and the way they're treated and the different cultures of the different airlines because every different airline has a different culture. and Maybe they don't really agree with that culture or the way the management style is. Just remember this in an airline. I mean, I've been in this industry a long time. The pilots don't usually change. It's usually the management and the owners of the airline that change because you really, like I said, with a seniority system, you're probably not going anywhere. So the airline I work for today, uh, I could be working for another one. Uh, I don't know. I can't predict the future. You just have to look at what you're doing and enjoy every day. You know, and just enjoy it. Like, cause you don't know when you're gonna lose your license. Uh, you could have a medical issue. You could get no any kind of accident. Uh, so enjoy the day, enjoy that flying experience and try to put those other things aside. That's my advice for you today to make your flying very happy. So uh, before we get on to some questions, uh, first of all, I did some updates on the website. I'm trying to figure out how to do make more tools for you to help you with your career. So under the recommended reading list, uh, for now, I'm putting uh, websites in there and recommended websites, et cetera. All those things that I mention and I talk about in my coaching, I usually have those links right there. And for instance, they would be links to uh, places that have information about the airlines, like Airline Pilot Central. But be careful when you get on the forums. Of course, there's a lot of negativity there. But they have really good information about the pay and benefits and that type of thing. Things like the domiciles, uh, links to your uh, FCC radio telephone operator's permit, that type of thing. That's in the recommended reading list. Uh, I've also gone down and added some more books and uh, things specific to airline pilots and also specific to uh, flight attendants. I've also added some things there for those that are interested in flight attendant jobs. Those are the, the ones I get most of the uh, you know questions about. Also, I don't have much for mechanics, so if you have some uh, interesting books that you want to recommend, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com for mechanics. I'll read the book and then uh, put it on the list if I recommend it. Let's see, the newest book that I have on there, though, in the recommended reading, it's the Aeronautical Chart User's Guide. And the reason I mention this, I I love this book. Actually, uh, I know you're going to think I'm weird, but I love going over questions in the Chart User's Guide with uh, some of the students that I'm prepping for their interview prep or for their check rides, etc. This is the FAA's um, charts that it's mentioning in the Aeronautical Charts User Guide, the reference. This is really a reprint from the FAA. I like ASA's guide. I like how they have it laid out, so I usually purchase that one. But uh, a lot of the symbology is becoming similar to the Jeppesen. Of course, if you're going to go for a check ride, you have to get used to the Jeppesen charts. So when I'm going through this guide and we look at a chart, I may actually mention the Jeppesen chart or pull it up. Uh, the reason that you don't see too many guides out there for Jeppesen, because uh, that's all copywritten material. This is government material. It's not copywritten, so people can take it and republish it in their own guide. Like if you notice on my website, I have certain pictures and stuff out there. A lot of those are from the FAA website or their government pictures that are public domain. Uh, so those can be out and reprinted, just like in these guides. Uh, so that's what they're doing there. But some people do a better job. I think ASA does a great job of that. And that's in the recommended reading list. It's not that expensive. And it's, gosh, I don't know how much was it. I can't remember. It's fourteen ninety five dollars uh, for this book. And uh, it's really, really cool. I mean, it's uh, it's really interesting. If you're a kind of chart geek like I am. <laughs> so anyway, go back to go to the click on recommended uh, reading list uh, for uh, to look at that. It's really, really interesting. Also, um, on the other side, too, on the pay it forward, uh, big, uh, I forgot to say this in the beginning, a thank you to Scott and Matt and some other an anonymous donors and uh, for putting uh, a pay it forward coupon 
out there for the folks. Uh, again, if you want to be added your name to the list of sponsors on the Pay It For page, uh, when you make your con- contribution, uh, write me a feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com and say that you want the want your name out there, your full name, or a name of your business, or anonymous donation, you know, in honor of that kind of thing, or in memory of. And we'll put a link out to that website. Like I said, we have the pilots and paws and that type of thing that someone put out there. So anyway, uh, thanks so much again for your donations. Boy, I tell you, I had no clue how much this, uh, how important this was. And I had no idea the response either for the pay it forward campaign, just to give you an idea. Uh, a lot of the most popular one is the $50 one where if you buy five, we give away an extra one. There's six. When someone purchases that, uh, normally it's only one or two days and those scholarships guides are gone uh, because there's people that are listening right now know about the pay it forward campaign uh, and you're making the huge difference in someone's life. We've actually decided or I've decided that one of the things I want to put my time and effort and money into is this scholarships guide because it really is helping people. Uh, so, you know, in the past we've had some challenges with updates and making sure updates are, are proper, that type of thing. But we've actually uh, brought somebody on uh, uh, just uh, with the intention of updating the scholarships guide, and she's doing a wonderful job. As a matter of fact, maybe uh, she might come on the show uh, and talk a little bit about uh, her experience with the scholarships guide. She's only into it about three months and been doing a great job. So maybe we'll have her on um, in a future episode. Anyway, let's let's move over to some listener mail. We have a lot of listener mail. I'm up to, let's see, ooh, it's February, and we are in May, but I'm trying to catch up. I would love to do this, this uh, podcast every day. I could do a half hour every day just doing your emails, uh, but a lot of the emails that you have, if you have specific questions that are really important for your life at that time, of course, you can go through the coaching, uh, and we can uh, do a one-on-one conversation. Most of these questions, a lot of times, uh, are not very you know specific, specific to you, but the generic ones have been answered. So one of the things on this podcast, one of the things I'd like you to do is go to the search button and in the search uh, on the website, type in your question there and you might see it pop up or type in the subject. You might see it pop up in a past episode and go to those past episodes and, and take a look there. Anyway, let's start with the first question. It says, hi, I'm an aspiring pilot that is just starting to work on my private pilot certificate. I know you have a book of scholarships, but I was wondering if it included any scholarships for Canada. I've been having a tough time finding ones that apply to me as I'm 23 years old and many are limited to 20 years max. Uh, as far as the scholarships guide, it uh, we just started putting Canadian scholarships in, so I'm not going to say we are the definitive guide for uh, Canadian scholarships. Again, we have to choose our battles because uh, now that it's becoming a little more robust on the American side, we want to start including other ones in other countries. Uh, so the next one, uh, logical one, was to start with Canada. I can't remember how many I have, but I know there are at least a dozen out there of Canadian scholarships. Uh, there's uh, a few that's uh, in the beginning, it was all focused on mechanics and maintenance. Now we're starting to see more scholarships for people that are in Canada or scholarships that are not just for Americans, but they're also for Canadians. So I have a tab. It's uh, the Canada tab. And I think there's 
maybe there's six or 12 so far that I have out there. Not a lot, uh, but we're getting more. And it's one of those things we are going to start concentrating on. And for you Canadian listeners out there, if you know of one, uh, send it to us, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Send us a link. We'll throw it in the guide for the other folks that are looking for scholarships uh, just uh, north of the border from us. It's, uh, I think it's really important. Like I said, I'm working outwards. Uh, you know, Start here at my home base and go on. Uh, I wish I could do the whole world of scholarships, but uh, that I don't have. Uh, honestly, I don't have the funds for yet to do that. Uh, that's one of the other reasons is uh, because all these scholarships that are updated, uh, you know, I pay somebody to put those in the guide because it's a full-time job. It really, really is. Uh, so, yes, there are some in there, uh, but just uh, I suggest always a Google search to start with and then reverse the search because you're going to find the ones that most people don't know about. And what do I mean by that? You know, you re- say you do a search for scuba diving scholarships for people in Arizona, and uh, it pulls up scholarships, and then you reverse the search. It pulls up the scholarships that not many people see, and a lot of times you can work your way that way. Just Just one little suggestion. I wouldn't say that's the best way. It's just one way to look at it. He continues, says, also, I know you covered work visas to work for U.S. Airlines in a podcast episode, but as far as I know, my options are to hope for a regional to sponsor an H-1B visa for me to work in the USA. However, this is a temporary work visa with a maximum duration of six years. Do you know of anyone that has had this temporary sponsorship translate into a permanent job offer slash green card sponsorship? Uh, I have seen people get hired with the H-1B visa at the uh, at the regional airlines. Um, so let me take this in two parts here. Number one, you can get hired with a regional uh, with an H-1B. But um, they don't really advertise it too much on their websites. Uh, So my suggestion to you and to anybody out there, go to where the recruiters hang out, go to LinkedIn, set up a profile, start talking to the recruiters at the airlines that you're interested in, uh, say here in the U.S., and just start applying and say, hey, listen, I have an H-1B. Would you be willing to sponsor me? Also, would you... uh, could you translate this into a permanent offer for a green card sponsorship? And that actually, I've seen it happen. I haven't seen it happen to, well, my experience, I haven't seen too many people getting those. There are certain airlines that uh, I don't think I, I, I'm not going to mention them because I'm not sure if they still do it, but I, uh, I'm fairly sure that are into helping people from other countries that uh, want to come here to fly. And uh, this is not the E3 visa. And we're not talking about Australians, by the way. I know people are going to write in and say, hey, what about that? Well, that's that program's already set in place. We're just talking about H-1B. So that's important for those people that have this. For specific uh, training in fields that uh, require some advanced degrees or specific trainings, that's really what the H-1B is for. I hope that's a good summary for you. And that's um, like an airline pilot you know, is a good example. So, yes, you can find people that will sponsor you uh, and also give you a permanent job and offer a green card sponsorship. It all The ones that I've seen in the past really are on an individual basis. It kind of makes sense, doesn't it, right? If they, they hire you and say, hey, yeah, we're gonna, we really like you and we're going to help you out with your visa. Uh, and that's what you would do if you were an employer too. So, so just think about that. Anyway, thanks for that question, and I, and I really appreciate all the, the listeners up in Canada. And, uh, you know, I forgot to mention this is right after Memorial Day, your Remembrance Day. You know, we uh, remember those, uh, you know, 
troops that have fallen in the past and have given the ultimate sacrifice. So uh, for all those people that uh, have uh, relatives, friends, loved ones that have been lost in the past, you know, this, we just want to remember those folks and in uh, what they've given up for the freedoms of other peoples in the in this country and also the world. Um, Anyway, so moving on to the next question here. It says, Hi guys, I discovered your most informative podcast recently. I'm a few weeks away from my private pilot checkride, and I know I want to change careers and fly professionally. Most of the people I talk to push me towards the airlines, but I don't feel like I have enough information about the other options to make that decision. Can you please discuss the pros and cons of the airlines, corporate, and cargo flying, the similarity and differences between them, and what a new pilot should consider when they're choosing a career path? What does the ideal candidate for each of these jobs look like? Okay, so things have changed over the years, and maybe some of the folks that you've been talking to talk about the the career uh, progression and their goals. So first of all, uh, in how they got there. In the past, you used to do cargo, quote-unquote cargo, and become a freight dog so that you can get to the regionals and then get to the majors. And uh, that actually is not a, not true so much now as it used to be because, you know, the people would fly checks and stuff like that. That's a lot of what people consider as cargo. Cargo on the other side of the coin may also mean working for a major airline, a cargo major airline like a UPS and a FedEx. Uh, there's many different airlines out there. And I think sometimes people disregard the career of a cargo pilot because of the fact they they hear from their friends talking about that they flew cargo to get to the regionals. Uh, believe me, this is definitely an end stop and a, a career choice for many people because, uh, you know, the cargo airlines, especially the, the majors, make a lot of money. You're flying 747s around the world making really, really good money, better than uh, some of the major airlines. So um, that's actually one of the pros of, of flying the, for those type of airlines. Uh, but Anyway, people are pushing it towards the airlines for this reason, is that right now, because there's such a shortage at the airlines, especially because of this new 1,500-hour rule or the ATP rule, um, you know, one of the ways you can get a lot of hours, and of course, economy is good, that's the other reason, is to go to a regional and then make your choice as to the other places you might want to go. Because again, going back to that discussion I had, a lot of people will fly corporate or cargo just to make their way to the majors, to the regionals. Now things have changed. A lot of folks are going to the regionals first because they know they can build hours to go to wherever else they want to. Here's the big benefit of the regionals. You're going to fly your butt off. I mean, you're going to be flying quite a bit. And you're going to get maybe 800 hours in a year, sometimes more, if you're flying at a regional, especially if you're not on reserve anymore. So that's a great way to build up time very quickly and usually in a jet. It's not like the regionals before where you were flying piston aircraft, uh, turboprop aircraft. Now you're flying actually jet aircraft. Uh, so that's really one of the things you, you need to look at is as far as building your hours to move forward. And people are pushing you towards the airlines for this reason. And remember airlines, there's cargo airlines and there's passenger airlines. And they're pushing you there for the one main reason is that they know what the pay and the benefits are. And they know what the lifestyle is like. You will, and this is so weird, we were discussing this in the cockpit too. What other career do you have where you get paid more the more senior you are and you work less, you get more days off and you get paid more. 
There's not too many other careers like that. And you get money put into, say, your 401k and that type of thing. That happens at the majors. So uh, anyway, but, but so let's look at let's look at the ultimate goal. Let's not look at getting there because uh, there might be the reason they're telling you to go to the airlines is to build hours. But let's look at the ultimate goal, meaning the, the place you want to be when you finish your career. And that is what I think is what you're kind of discussing to discussing here. So let's go cargo and let's go uh, major passenger airlines. There is a difference. Passenger airlines, you have to deal with passengers. Uh, I know that (laughs) that seems obvious, but I think people don't realize the challenges that are there uh, with passengers and also the benefits. Um, I tell you, one of the coolest things yesterday, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, I was flying and had uh, two young boys come up in the cockpit and they were just so excited. They were going to, I think it was flying to Orlando. They're going to Disney and they've always wanted to meet a pilot. They've wanted to, you know, look at an airplane. And I brought them in the cockpit, let turn on the, you know, the lights and stuff like that. Let them, you know, move the controls and things like that. Obviously on the ground, by the way, <laughs> I have to point that out, but uh, they absolutely loved it. You know, um, the parent would come up front and take pictures of them sitting in the seat. That's actually pretty exciting. It's so cool to, to do that and kind of pay it forward there and inspire young people and, and give them an experience they never had before sitting in the, in the cockpit, in the, in a pilot seat. I mean, that's, that's so exciting. So that's the cool thing about passengers challenges about passengers. Well, they're passengers and they don't always act appropriately. So you have to deal with those challenges and that's just the way it is. Uh, so some people get very frustrated with that. Um, there's lots of protocols out there. I think, um, I don't really get frustrated. I just, you know, we go through the procedures and that's it. I don't really get involved too much face to face with the passengers. I never really have because especially if it gets to, you know, you mentioned something in the passenger, Hey, you know, by the way, you got to put the bag underneath. It's too big for the overhead. Um, and if they say no, there's other people in your team that can help you, uh, with, uh, with that bag and, and dealing with that customer, because, you know, your main goal is to fly the airplane and fly it safely. Uh, there's many other people trained to deal with those people. And you probably as a pilot don't have much of that training and you're not dealing with it every day. So get the people that know in, in the loop there. So there's the, there it is. There's the passenger side. You hang out with flight attendants on overnights. You get, you know, a lot of times you have fun, you go places, you do things, uh, on the cargo side, you do the same thing, but you do it with your flight crew instead of flight attendants. You go out and have a lot of fun. You go to places that, oh, and there, here's the other bonus to the whole cargo. Uh, you go fly for UBS and FedEx and uh, Kalita. And, you know, one of the neat things is that you'll go to some airports that you would not go to with a passenger airline. Uh, you know, Guantanamo, you're going to go to all these other really cool places in the world that uh, you would never even see in a passenger airline service because there's just not any passengers going to those places. Uh, you do go into some airfields, military airfields overseas, and uh, and that's kind of cool. Also, the fact that you don't have to deal with passengers. I've flown on cargo a lot. I haven't actually flown cargo, in other words, as a pilot, but uh, I've FedExed myself home. Thank you, FedEx, for getting me home a few times. And uh, one of the things I think is really cool is that you really don't deal with the passengers. You're just, uh, you get in, you go fly 
fly the plane and that's it. And in reality, at, at, a, at an airline job, you're not dealing with the passengers too much. I mean, other little things, uh, you know, they're asking questions, et cetera. You're really focused on your job and that's getting the, the plane off the gate. What we do with the passengers, by the way, on a passenger airline, a lot of times, you, you know, you're, you're more kind of a figurehead. So you're sitting there as the people are getting on, greeting them, that type of thing. Usually more so when they're getting off because you're kind of busy in the beginning. So in, at the end of the flight, you're you're out there kind of saying hi to the passengers, et cetera. So that, that's kind of fun. So uh, those are the different type of things as far as the differences in the flying. The flying is the same. Airplane's an airplane. Um, and they all kind of fly the same and they do the same thing. So whether there's boxes or people in the back, it doesn't really matter uh, as far as the actual flying is concerned. The only other thing as far as the flying is concerned that you think about with passengers in the back is if you're getting a bumpy ride, um, you're probably going to want to start looking for a different altitude because you want to make sure that the passengers and the flight attendants are safe. In the cargo world, yeah, you could take some bumps, you know, more than somebody else because it's really just you, how much you can take the bumps, that kind of thing. So it's a little different there. Uh, as far as the ideal candidate for each of the jobs look like, the big difference is uh, that you've had a lot of flying experience. The heavier the plane, usually the cargo uh, carriers, meaning the major cargo carriers, uh, want to see some of that type of flying with the jets, etc. But uh, they're flying is flying again. Uh, cargo, they might want to see that you've done some cargo experience, had some experience in the past. If you want to go down that specific route, then yeah, try to get some cargo time. But make sure you get a lot of flying time because uh, you know that late night flying and flying in adverse weather, etc. You're doing the same thing in a passenger airline, especially with the regionals. I'm a big, by the way, I'm a big fan of the regional airlines because you truly uh, get a ton of great experience. Uh, you know, I can't replace that experience I got with the regionals and the majors, you know, I'll fly maybe three legs in one day at the regionals, five to eight legs. I'm getting de-iced every leg at a regional, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with all these different things. We're pushing the airplanes to the limit. We're trying to get, you know, 35, 85. We're trying to figure out, you know, what, what our alternates are at all the times. Whereas with a major, a lot of times you're just doing one leg to one place and you're done for a day or two and then a one leg back. So uh, it's not as many challenges all the time. And that's what's cool about the regionals. You get a lot of takeoffs, landings, approaches. Uh, you get experience with many different types of approaches. So that is why I'm a fan of, of actually going to the regionals and flying because you're going to fly a lot and a lot of different approaches to a lot of different places and to a, a lot of different countries too. You know, the airlines are, are running around, uh, especially the regional airlines to many different countries and the regionals overseas too. You know, uh, Swiss Air, Crossair, I remember my friends that were there, they were flying all over Europe. I mean, just, it's really interesting the, the different places you get to go, the, the people you get to see. But as far as uh, I hope that helped with the differences and, uh, you know, the, you know, as far as the careers concerned, the actual and, and hopefully you've listened to some of the people that are, have been on the podcast talking about that. The other cool things, just uh, just a, an aside, you know, when I'm flying on certain flights where we have, uh, you know, longer flights, especially that have meals. Uh, some of the meals are pretty amazing, so you might get those really nice meals on some of those longer, long-haul flights, you know, that type of thing. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, the the other thing, too, is that, you know, every so often you kind of meet passengers that are really interesting, so that's neat on the passenger side. Uh, I've got, you know, I'll give you a really good example. Uh, when the World War II uh, memorial was actually being uh, actually uh, dedicated I got to fly, and I didn't realize I was doing this. I got to do an honor flight where I flew a bunch of World War II vets over to Washington, D.C. to see 
the memorial and the opening of that memorial. So that was absolutely a, a phenomenal to see that. You get to meet baseball players, movie stars, things like that that uh, you know that you wouldn't otherwise see. It's it's really neat to meet some of those folks and um, and fly them around and and you know you get all these types of experiences and uh, with the different people and the different stories, uh, especially. People are interested in your job too. With the cargoes, you don't get that as much, but uh, it's still it's a great. You know, I got lots of friends that fly in the cargo. Would I do it? Sure. I mean, I, I think you know, flying's flying's fine. It's fun. You know, uh, difference is you're usually doing a little more night flying. Uh, but you know, I know guys at the at the airlines uh, for the passenger airlines that are flying more night than my friends doing cargo because of the fact that they choose to do those types of flights. So anyway, I hope that's helped uh, in kind of giving you a little, you know you know, look at the pros and the cons of different airlines. Corporate, we didn't, I uh, didn't talk about much. I, I probably should have more. I do have a lot of episodes about that. But the big thing with corporate that's different is you're new, usually not on a specific schedule. Even if you are on a specific schedule, they can call you in to fly. I've done a little bit of corporate. And one thing I remember about corporate, you, uh, you know, you'll you'll never really have a day off. You can't go home and have a beer, for instance, because they could call you and say, "Hey, listen, we got to get to X Y Z destination." Some corporate departments that are bigger have a little more of a schedule. You don't have to worry about that. But theoretically, if you're called, you you will come in. The other cool thing about corporate is the fact that you're home a lot and you don't fly as much in the corporate world usually. Uh, so, like I'm flying, if I fly 600, 800 hours in a year, my corporate friends are flying 200 uh, or maybe 400 hours, and that's it. So if you want to build time, corporate's usually not the way to go unless it's one that's flying a lot. Really cool thing that is kind of in between that world, and uh, it's the fractionals, and that gives you the best of both worlds. You have a, you have a set schedule. Uh, yeah, you're on call a lot, but uh, you also have that corporate experience. With the corporate experience, you feel like you're more part of the team. And even in a fractional, because people will request you as a pilot more and uh, you see the same people all the time. So that's kind of cool, too. So there's there's all those really great things that are in there with a lot of similar benefits to the to some of the major airlines. So anyway, so that's kind of an overview of some of the pros and the cons. And, uh, and there's lots of other ones. And and if you keep, you know, just look back at some of our corporate episodes and cargo and that kind of thing, there's there's a whole lot of different really cool things in there and, and what people mention, et cetera. Uh, but anyway, thanks for that question, and thanks, everybody, for your questions. Feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. If you have a question, uh, you have an announcement, uh, don't forget to pay it forward. Uh, if you uh, There's a couple coupons still out there uh, that have just been come in uh, for those interested in the scholarships guide. It's basically if you use the pay forward coupon, you get one-year access to the online guide. We update that guide every month. Uh, so hats off to all, all you folks that have been uh, paying it forward and helping other people and uh, and I'm and go to the pay it forward page and kind of look at the people that have been the donors uh, and have actually paid it forward uh, because those people uh, really are people that are concerned with with your career and want to pay it back, pay it forward, you know, and say, hey, listen, this is I've I've been able to get to where I am. Uh, one of the people that did a pay forward coupon I was talking to, he's now a captain at a major airline, uh, and life is really good. And, you know, just a small little donation that uh, to pay it forward and now uh, may have affected someone else's life, maybe paid a few hundred dollars towards a rating. Who knows? Maybe paid for all their training. Uh, But it's a small 
cost to actually make a big difference. And I think that's really cool that they've done that. Also, don't forget that, uh, you know, we have past episodes and if these questions that you have, do this, go to the search and try to find those things. But most importantly, you know, if you're in your car or whatever, you know, make sure you wait to stop. But the most important thing that, that I have found in anything in life, no matter what it is you're doing, it could be losing weight, it could be anything, you know, learning a new skill, et cetera, is that a lot of times we have trouble move, you know, moving into that career because we don't get started. The most important thing is you have to do something. You have to take action. So I want you to do this. I want you to do something today to move forward in your career, whatever that may be. It might be using that search button to find out if a corporate job is good for you. It may be going out there to LinkedIn, setting up a profile and start talking to some of these people about whether you can use your H-1B visa. Or it may be something else. It may be researching with other friends and family and also other podcasts about the different career fields out there. But the most important thing I want you to do, I want you to do something today to move forward in your career. Well, folks, it's been great talking to you. Safe flying, and we'll talk to you next episode. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler, all rights reserved.